How would you describe your mood after these last few months? Frantic? Frustrated? Fearful? Anxious? Concerned? Exhausted? Most of us have experienced some sense of anxiety or fear over these last few weeks, and it's been an exhausting time, hasn't it? And it's into this context that Jesus' words here in verse 28 are wonderful to hear. Let me just read them again for us. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now those words may well be familiar to you. They are part of our communion service. And when they are referred to in the communion service, they're often referred to as the comfortable words. Comfortable in the sense that they bring great comfort. As we stop and reflect on them and what they mean for us, they remind us of the comfort that the gospel brings, that Jesus offers. What we have here is a universal invitation, an opportunity for everybody to come and to rest. But if those are the comfortable words, I think it would be fair to say that much of the rest is actually pretty uncomfortable. So just cast your eye back, if you will, to the beginning of the passage, uh, verse 16, and that section there, where Jesus despairs of this generation. He describes them a little bit like being bolshy kids who are just never satisfied, no matter what happens. Or then the next uh, section, verses 20 through to 24, Jesus denounces the cities nearby because they haven't repented. Now, in fact, actually, the lectionary leaves out verses 20 to 24, uh, quite possibly because they are so uncomfortable to read as we listen to Jesus calling down woes upon these cities. Profoundly uncomfortable to read. And then we come to verse 25 and we see there the uncomfortable reality that uh, the eternal truths have been hidden from the wise and the understanding and they've been revealed to little children. In fact, when we come to think about it, most of this passage we have in front of us today is profoundly unsettling, profoundly uncomfortable to read. And so today, as we look at this passage, I've got for us uh, three warnings and an invitation. The warnings first, and then we'll come to the invitation at the end. First of all, what we have here is a warning to those who want Jesus to dance to their tune. And sadly, there are plenty of those in our generation, just as there were in Jesus's generation. It's a warning to those who want Jesus to dance to their tune, to those who are happy to listen in, but very happy to criticise when they disagree. Those who perhaps are quick to pass judgment, to pass comment when he doesn't meet their expectations. And sadly, these people have been on the fringes of church life for centuries. I do hope this isn't you. These sorts of people think that Jesus should be like this, or he should behave like that. Sometimes the problem is that they disagree with how freely he offers forgiveness, and they're upset that he offers it seemingly for free. Sometimes people uh, have a different sort of problem. It may be instead they disagree with how firmly he upholds particular ethical standards, and they're upset about that. And they want a, a different sort of Jesus and a different sort of teaching. 
They may have all sorts of ideas. They may have all sorts of judgments. They may make all sorts of misconceptions. But here is a warning to those who want Jesus to dance to their tune. He is who he is. He is who the scriptures say he is. And just because you're not satisfied with that, well, be warned. Jesus is who he is. And just because you want him to be somebody different, ultimately makes no difference whatsoever. But if that's the first warning, the, the next warning we see is a warning to those who aren't willing to change their ways. You see, as we go into verses 20 to 24, the thing about these cities here is that they weren't particularly violent. They weren't particularly sordid in their ethical standards. Uh, in Chorazin and in Bethsaida, verse 21, and then in uh, Capernaum as well in verse 23. The problem was quite different. The problem actually was indifference. It's just really that it seems as if they weren't all that bothered. They had seen Jesus doing marvellous things. They'd heard him teaching wonderful things, but there'd been no response at all. There'd been no repentance. There'd been no faith. Nothing. And so, verse 24, Jesus says, I tell you, that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom, Sodom of all places, than for you. This is a warning, isn't it, to those who aren't willing to repent, to those who aren't willing to change their ways. Don Carson's written on this particular passage saying, the implications for Western English-speaking Christendom are sobering. As we stop to think, how many thousands, how many millions have heard, have read, have been told of what Jesus said, of what Jesus did, but they're not willing to change their ways, and instead they're quite happy to carry on regardless. Now, it might be that they think, I'm okay, I'm, I'm not a Tyre or a Sidon, I'm not a Sodom, I'm, I'm not that bad, but no matter, if there's no repentance, if there's no faith, nothing at all, then we need to hear the warnings that Jesus says to these cities then, as he denounces them, as he calls down woes upon them. Let us not be indifferent. It's a warning here to those who are not willing to change their ways. Jesus, as we know, calls everybody to repent. And perhaps we need to take great care to beware of the sin of indifference. Because if it all just washes over you and ultimately makes no difference, be warned if you're not willing to change your ways. It will be, says Jesus, more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. And then thirdly, the, the third warning, what we see then is a warning to those who think they know it all. Now, church history is full of those who think they know it all. They're so well-educated, so well-taught, so clever. They've no need of God. They've no need of his wisdom. And to people like that, there is a reminder here that there are spiritual truths that are hidden. These spiritual truths are not ones that can be worked out. They, in fact, have to be revealed. 
by God as Father. And as we see here, God reveals them to those who are humble and dependent, just like little children. Verse 25, at that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, hidden these things from them, and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. You see, we need to be warned here too. The truth that we know, we only know because it has been revealed to us. And if we think we know it all, if we think we've worked it all out, if we think we're perfectly capable of mastering the gospel, or at the very least of perhaps mastering our understanding of Matthew's gospel, or of a particular passage within it, then be very warned. Because these are things that we do not master, but that are revealed to us, indeed that they might master us. And if we think we know it all, if we think we've worked it all out and got it all sorted, then be warned, be warned. That's not how the gospel works. Now, there were many warnings for those in Jesus' day, and those attitudes of the heart are still prevalent in our generation too. We do need to be warned, and it is all very uncomfortable, isn't it? <laughs> it's no wonder in Jesus' day that uh, many were turning against him by this stage of his ministry. They heard what he said, they didn't like it, they turned from him. But this is why it matters so much, because it is into this context that Jesus speaks these words of comfort that we looked at at the beginning. Verse 28, come to me, he says. And what we have here is an invitation to those who are exhausted, to those who are burdened, to those who are weary. And if that describes you and I guess in different ways and at different times, it describes all of us, doesn't it? Here is an invitation to all of us to come and rest. Now, it does seem today as if uh, everyone right now is after the secret of real rest, proper rest. And if you go uh, Googling or looking in the magazines, you'll see all sorts of different ideas uh, uh, from having a, a particular routine or a particular rhythm. Maybe it's to do with uh, exercise or sleep. Perhaps it's uh, massages or meditations or maybe a nice afternoon nap. Now, all of those things I'm sure have their place and uh, many of them are wonderful, but they may all be good ideas, but you won't find true rest in any of them. Real rest, that is, true rest, lasting rest, is found not in a technique, but in a person. As we lay our anxieties at the feet of Jesus, and we leave them with him. As we offer up our guilt and our shame, and we let him take it from us as we pass all of our failures over to him and instead receive his perfect righteousness in return. It's as we take all of our burdens, all those things that weigh us down, and we let him carry them. We take our frustrations, we take our bitterness, we 
perhaps especially take our regrets and we leave them with him. Now I think many of us have had to relearn this lesson through lockdown. I think for many of us, especially if we've been Christians for a while, we've developed other habits, not very helpful habits, but other habits that have helped us to deal with these burdens that we've been carrying around. But often for most of us during lockdown, those other support structures, those other techniques we've had of trying to deal with those issues ourselves have all of a sudden been stripped away. That's, I think, why many of us have found lockdown so hard. The way that we've tried to find real rest all of a sudden doesn't work. And the question remains now and for the rest of our days, even once the lockdown is lifted totally, will you come to Jesus now? Because he alone is the one who grants rest. He points us in a whole new direction. He gives us a whole new way of dealing with life. Look again at verse 29 and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. In verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Live life my way, Jesus says, and you will find rest for your souls. So let me ask you, what is it that burdens you today? What is it that makes you feel particularly weary? Can you identify that in yourself? Can you see that clearly today? And once you've seen what it is that burdens you and causes this weariness, are you willing to leave it with Jesus? And will you accept the rest that he offers? Now, whether you're a Christian or not, you won't find this rest anywhere else. He only can grant forgiveness to take away our guilt. He only offers full acceptance to take away our shame. He redeems, he restores, he rescues. And whether for the first time now or for the umpteenth time over the years, won't you come to him? Come to me, says Jesus. Come to me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. Will you? Let's pray as we close. Heavenly Father, help us to heed these warnings. Help us to hear your Son speak to us today. Help us to come to him, to trust him, to follow him, and grant us rest for our souls, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.